Today in Business from Wired. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas. Building a network to connect 40 million people to the internet. Cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a family moved to Napa and created one of the largest private wineries in the world. 2017 was the year we fell out of love with algorithms. By Tom Simonite. We owe a lot to 9th century Persian scholar Muhammad ibn Musa al-Khwarizmi. Centuries after his death, al-Khwarizmi's works introduced Europe to decimals and algebra, laying some of the foundations for today's technocentric age. The Latinized version of his name has become a common word, algorithm. In 2017, it took on some sinister overtones. Take this exchange from the U.S. House Intelligence Committee last month, in a hearing about Russian interference in the 2016 election, the panel's top Democrat, Adam Schiff, threw this accusation at Facebook's top lawyer, Colin Stretch. Part of what made the Russia social media campaign successful is that they understood algorithms you use that tend to accentuate content that is either fear-based or anger-based. Algorithms that amplify fear and help foreign powers put a finger on the scale of democracy. These things sound dangerous, that's a shift from just a few years ago when algorithm primarily signified modernity and intelligence. Thanks to the roaring success of tech companies such as Google, an enterprise founded upon an algorithm for ranking web pages. This year, growing concern about the power of technology companies, a cause uniting some unlikely fellow travelers, has lent Al-Khwarizmi's a newly negative aura. In February, the Congregation of Digital Elite at TED received a warning about algorithmic overlords from mathematician Kathy O'Neill, author of the book Weapons of Math, Destruction. Algorithms used by Google's YouTube to curate videos for children earned hostile headlines for censoring inoffensive LBGT content and steering kids towards disturbing content. 
Meanwhile, academic researchers demonstrated how machine vision algorithms can pick up stereotyped views of gender, and how governments using algorithms in areas such as criminal justice shroud them in secrecy. No wonder that when David Axelrod, formerly President Obama's chief strategist, spoke to the Neiman Journalism Lab last week about his fears for the future of media and politics, the A word sprang to his lips. Everything is pushing us toward algorithm-guided, customized offerings. He said, "That worries me." Frank Pasquale, a professor at the University of Maryland, gives Facebook special credit for dragging algorithms through the mud. The election stuff really got people understanding the implications of the power of algorithmic systems. He says the concerns are not entirely new. The debate about Facebook encompassing users inside thought-muffling filter bubbles started in 2011, but Pasquale says there's now a stronger feeling that algorithms can and should be questioned and held to account. One watershed, he says, was a 2014 decision by the European Union's highest court that granted citizens a Right to be forgotten by search engines like Google, Pasquale calls that an early skirmish about the contestability and public obligation of algorithmic systems. Of course, the accusations fired at Facebook and others shouldn't really be aimed at algorithms or math, but at the people and companies who create them. It's why Facebook's chief counsel appeared on Capitol Hill, not a cloud server. We can't view machine learning systems as purely technical things that exist in isolation, says Hannah Wallach. A researcher at Microsoft and professor at UMass Amherst, trying to increase consideration of ethics in AI, they become inherently socio-technical things. There's evidence that some of those toiling in Silicon Valley's algorithmic minds understand this. Nick Seaver, an anthropologist at Tufts, embedded inside tech companies to learn how workers think about what they create. Algorithms are humans too. One of my interlocutors put it. Seaver writes in a paper on the terms fuzziness, drawing the boundary of the algorithm around himself and his co-workers. Yet the pressure being brought to bear on Facebook and others sometimes fall into the trap of letting algorithms become a scapegoat for human and corporate failings. Some complaints that taint the word imply, or even state, that algorithms have a kind of autonomy. That's unfortunate because allowing Frankenstein monster algorithms to take the blame can deflect attention from the responsibilities, strategies, and choices of the companies crafting them. It reduces our chance of actually fixing the problems laid at algorithms' feet. Letting algorithms become bogeymen can also blind us to the reason they are so ubiquitous. They are the only way to make sense of the blizzard of data the computing era blinds us with. Algorithms provide an elegant. An efficient way to get things done, even to make the world a better place. Audrey Nasser, who teaches math at Manhattan Community College, points to applications like matching kidney donors and recipients as a reminder that algorithms aren't all about sinister manipulation. To me, an algorithm is a gift. It's a means for finding a solution, says Nasser, who has published research on how to encourage algorithmic thinking in high schoolers. It's a sentiment that may have resonated with Al Khwarizmi. He wrote in the introduction to his famous tract on algebra that it would help with the tasks men constantly require in cases of inheritance, legacies, partition, lawsuits, and trade, and in all their dealings with one another. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how this family created one of the largest private wineries in the world right now. We started making wine in 
one bottle at a time. Today, we produce nearly 20 million cases a year. Chubb has helped us grow for the past 30 years. They helped us prevent equipment problems during harvest and provided guidance when we started exporting internationally. Now we're working with them on cybersecurity. My grandfather taught me to make a wine that over-delivers. Chubb over-delivers. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.